On Unity Talks podcast, we always interview accounting and finance leadership. I feel like one of the things we should add in there is communications because it's critical to your career. Keep your ears listening to Unity Talks. Welcome to Unity Talks, where the hiring experts of Dallas-based recruiting firm Unity Search engage in lively discussion with successful business leaders to dissect their careers and how they got to where they are today, the obstacles overcome to reach their success, and steps they've taken to stay at the top of their respective fields. So listen in as we provide you with the thought-provoking conversation and ideas that keep industries moving forward. Welcome back to the Unity Talks podcast. And our next guest is someone I have known for over 25 years. I can't even believe I'm saying that. That's dating me and it's dating him. Um, And that's okay, he'll forgive me. His name is David Cartwright. He is a principal at AtCap Partners. Welcome to the show. Thanks, David. Good to be here. Absolutely. So 25 years I've known you. David has a wife, three kids, lives in Frisco, been in real estate ever since we graduated school. So why don't you tell our listeners how you and I know each other? Well, uh, I I did the math. It's 28 years. 28 years. uh, Coming this August. You just made us three years older, like in an instant. That's right. (laughs) Three more years of credibility. Okay. Okay. I'll take that. Uh, We met at Abilene Christian. Uh, Both lived in maybe dorm on uh, uh, August of 1994, if I I remember correctly. And so, um, you know, lived in the same dorm, but... Uh, our lives have a bunch of kind of interesting parallels, yeah. you know, is, is what we found pretty quickly. But uh, both from the Houston area, both went to school at Abilene Christian, uh, both have the same first two names, David Wayne, which is yeah. weird. Yeah. Um, and then uh, both love baseball. Yes. And then we start talking and find out our dads both came from Nashville, both went to the same high school, Isaac Litton High School. Yep. And uh, then we, we graduate. We both end up in North Texas uh, as business owners. So Both grew up, at, yeah, on that southeast side South, of Houston. Right. Your dad went to Vanderbilt for a short period of time. Mine graduated from Vanderbilt. It's just too, yep. yeah. And I'm very appreciative of David. As a lot of y'all know, I had a, a daughter when I was in college. I quit playing baseball, had a daughter. Um, David and his wife became many times babysitters for <laughs> us. Uh, for my older daughter Blaine, we didn't know what they, we were doing raising a kid, being college students. We David, sure didn't. David didn't either. <laughs> we didn't screw it up. Yeah, so but he didn't st- either. He stepped up to the plate for us and helped us many times. So we, Lori and I, definitely appreciate mm-hmm. you and Courtney for that. So it was a lifesaver. We'll say that. Um, why don't you Why don't you give us kind of a quick history of AtCap Partners? It's in real estate. Why don't you tell our listeners what you do? Sure. So AtCap Partners, uh, we're an investment firm. We invest in commercial real estate. Uh, our focus is industrial, Shallow Bay Industrial, and uh, suburban office as well. We own and operate about 10 million square feet uh, across the central U.S. We're in 10 different markets, uh, all the Texas markets, and then uh, kind of from Denver to Orlando and, and everything in between. And your three business partners, you knew them before AtCap came We around. did, we did. So I, I worked, uh, Brad Hannigan and PJ Brady, um, we both worked together at different times. I worked with PJ around uh, back in 2000 and then I worked with Brad kind of 06, 07. Um, and then they left the firm. Uh, we were at Hold Lunch for Commercial at the time they left 
and got together and started ATCAP. And they started that in 2009. Uh, did well, built the business up, and then I came and joined them in 2015. And uh, we've since added a fourth partner, Seth Parker, who was also oh, awesome. a colleague uh, of mine over at Holt Lunsford. So, awesome, awesome. So, uh, it, it's interesting how you know you work with people, they go their separate ways, and then it all comes yeah. back together. Yeah, we'll probably get into that a little bit here too. One interesting thing, so it's principal at, at Cap Partners. Um, do you ever get the question like, how is that spelled? Is it... <laughs> P-L-E, is it P-A-L? How do you know the difference between the two? Yours is obviously P-A-L. Right. Because it's principal, like you want a pal. Right. Right. Do y'all ever get that? I don't, but I have to look at my business card to remember how to spell it. So. <laughs> I do too. I was sitting there looking, thinking of principal and I was like, David's my pal, so it ends P-A-L. <laughs> That's how I remember that. And it trips me up almost every time. Yeah. Well, the important part of the name you know, at Cap, uh, we call it at Cap Partners because we want partners. Um, so you know, the company's grown and, and we've added a lot of employees. And our goal, you know, as those guys grow and, and mature, is to have them become partners. We recently added a, a fourth partner and, and hope to add more. But that's why it has the name it does. Is because we want uh, we want people to partner with us in the business. Oh, that's great. I love it. I love it. So little story years ago i was a finance guy david was an accounting major i was a finance were you a double major i was okay accounting and finance yes i was a finance major and i was interviewing for a pricing job at sprint before i got into recruiting and um, i didn't know anything about pricing but pricing is one of the four p's of marketing you've got product placement promotion and pricing and so I was moving out of reporting up through the finance chain into reporting up through the marketing chain as a pricing analyst and on up to a senior pricing manager. Sitting across from the, the table from the lady that was interviewing me, she was fantastic. And I'll never forget the words she used. She said, I told her, I said, look, I understand you're looking for a pricing analyst. I don't know anything about pricing. I'm a finance person. I don't know anything about marketing. And her comment to me was, some of the best marketing and business people in general have a background in accounting and finance, and that's their foundation. And it sets the tone for all the other decisions that are made in a business. Mm -hmm. You have a, a background in accounting. You still use it, but you do other things outside of accounting. Tell us a little bit about the significance and importance of having that foundation in accounting. Well, I think that's, that's a good word, foundation, because I think uh, so much of, of business is built on finance, built on accounting, and you know it, you can teach a person to sell to some degree. You can teach a person to negotiate. You can even teach them marketing, right? Um, but those those foundations of accounting, of finance that you learn in school, uh, they're they're a little harder to learn on the fly, in my opinion. Um, but in my career, what I've seen um, is a lot of the people that I've worked with in real estate, whether they be on the finance side or maybe they're in leasing uh, or operations, a lot of them got their start as accountants or finance people. And it just proves to be a really good natural transition into the rest of the business. So I'm, I'm a shameless uh, advertiser for that, that degree in accounting or that degree in finance because I feel like it opens doors and, and allows you to do a lot of different things. When you are talking to about a real, real estate deal, um, 
what leverage or what um, what benefit is it to you to have that accounting background if you're sitting across the table from someone who doesn't? They're just kind of the sales guy that was just brought up in the business. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think part of it is just the discipline of, of you know, how to read a contract, how to tick and tie numbers. Um, you know, I started doing acquisition due diligence when I was still doing accounting work at Holt Lunsford. And you think about transitioning from turning out monthly reports to negotiating a sale or, or, or purchasing a building and doing due diligence on a commercial building. They sound pretty different, but the reality is what you're really doing is a mini audit, right? And so mm -hmm. you're reading uh, lease agreements, you're reading service contracts, you're saying, you know, is this what I was told it was? I'm verifying all this information. And so that background is a great fit for what we do in commercial real estate. And, and not everybody has it. And so I would say if, if you're used to that kind of, you know, the idea of ticking and tying, mm -hmm. it's, it's a great entree into, you know, analytical work, due diligence work, that type of thing. Yeah. Notice what we're not saying here is that, well, if you don't have an accounting or finance background, you can't get into real estate. And it's not that you can't do these deals. It's just, it's a great access point yeah. into that career. Makes you probably a little bit more well-rounded or in fact, it's kind of, uh, it would appear to me, I've not been in the industry, so I wouldn't know, but it would appear to me that you become a go-to person because, um, you can think like the accountant or the finance person does and already have a, an opinion on whether this makes sense mm -hmm. instead of taking the deal back to someone on the team to do all of that for you. Yes. Yeah, I think that's right. And I, I think it's, um, you know, there's certainly people with a lot of different educations and backgrounds that have done great in our business. A lot of them have a law background. Uh, mm -hmm. We see that uh, quite a bit. Um, you know, I think what's interesting about accounting or finance, it's, it's kind of a different entry into the business. You're, you're probably not going to get a degree in uh, biology and become a real estate accountant, right? Uh, but if you have an accounting degree, you're likely to start as a real estate accountant, which is what I did. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a great way to sort of learn the operational side of the business from the ground up. From there, you can go in different directions. Okay, so, so let's just talk about your career path because um, it's not like your complete job today is being a controller or a CFO. Still probably a little bit of a component of your job and you're able to review mm -hmm. some of the financial statements and where you're at as mm -hmm. an organization. But your job is acquisition of assets, sell of assets. That's your main job. Mm -hmm. um, take us through your career and how you felt that you got to the point where you're at. Because sure. wh what I want people to be listening for here is just because you start as an accountant or as a financial analyst, if you have the right aspirations and you have ambition, um, if you wanna go the path of CFO, you can go the path of a CFO. But if you want to carve out a, a different path in your career and do something within real estate different, you can do that as well, which sure. is what you did. Yeah, and I think so much of it is being open to looking at different things. Um, you know, I meet with people probably once a week who want to get into our business and I hear, well, I, you know, I really think I need to be an analyst or I really think I need to be a broker, uh, you know, to get in the, in the side of the business I want to be in. And I, I tell them, I, you know, I didn't draw my career out at all. You know, I, I sort of found my way uh, into accounting with Holt Lunsford, who, you know, I knew nothing about commercial real estate, being from a small town, a small school. Um, met Holt, he kind of introduced me to the, you know, the business. And, uh, 
and learned it through the accounting side. And from there, um, you know, I was doing accounting and then the person that we had who was doing due diligence left the firm and it's like, well, we need somebody to do that. And so I said, well, I'd, you know, I'd love to take that chance. So I jump in and start helping with underwriting, analysis, due diligence, um, did a lot of that work. You know, then, then the accountant that handles payroll leaves and it's like, while well, you're doing your day you know, job, that's right. That's right. You know, one of the, the great things that happened to me is I went to work for a small company. So in a small company, you know, you wear a lot of different hats. Mm -hmm. You know, when I started as a real estate accountant, we collected rent, we made bank deposits, we cut checks, we did, you know, pl plus doing, you know, reports and everything else. And so uh, we had to wear a lot of hats. And, and so that wasn't limited to accounting. You might slide over and be working on an acquisition deal, working on due diligence, uh, interviewing tenants, um, jumped around, ended up back on the corporate side handling corporate payroll and, mm -hmm. and those types of things. And, and all of that just kind of got added on, you know, it was a small company. And so, uh, everybody there just at the time just said, well, we'll do what it takes to keep things going until we could hire and backfill those positions. So you end up, you know, when you take those kind of unexpected detours, you just end up getting to see a lot of, of the different sides of the business, but that's certainly not what I planned to do. It just worked out that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in it, and you put yourself in that position, right? Like if, if I'm a leader and I see someone who's willing to step up to the plate or putting in the work, it tells me I'm probably going to have a discussion with them about what their career goals. Do they have a little bit of ambition? Do they right. show those things? But you have to show those things. It's, it's not a, at least for what I'm hearing, it's not a punch in, punch out. I'm there at eight. I leave at five. Yeah. I don't want to do anything else. No, and it probably takes a little bit of, you know, going on faith and knowing knowing who you're working with, and then that's going to pan out for you. Uh, but rather than say, well, I'll do that, but you know, I need to know that, you know, I'm I've got a new job here or a new position here. It may be just that you take on some new responsibilities, trusting that, you know, if if it all goes badly, you've learned something new. But if it goes great, it may may put you into a different position within the company. But yeah, it does mean. You know, you're going the extra mile. There weren't a lot of nine to five days back then uh, when, yeah. when we were doing that. I love that, that you're going on faith. Sure. Um, it, and, it's, and it's not a bartering system. Right. If I give you this, what are you giving me back? Right. It's, it's knowing you're doing the right thing if you're ambitious and you want to move up the ladder and that you have that faith that someone's going to pay that back to you. Right. Yeah, that's that's really really good. I feel like we we sometimes we lose a little bit of that of that as generations continue on. Yes. Um, maybe it's just a feeling for me, but I feel like some of that is getting lost. It, it can. I mean, I think it can become very transactional. You know, whereas if, well, if you want me to take on additional, I need to know what's in it for me, rather than just saying, well, I'm you know I want to learn that. I want to do more than what I'm doing right now anyway. Let's do it and see what see how it works out. And you know, I think. As you do that, you're making yourself a better asset to the company because you're becoming a person that has answers, you know, mm -hmm. that knows how to answer questions that people are going to come to. What, what, um, what kept you there? Because you were at Holt for a long time. You've, you've had two job moves. One. One, really. One. Holt, yeah. two, at Cap Partners. Right. So what kept you there? Because I'm sure you had people like me calling you saying, hey man, I've got a really good opportunity at this other real estate firm. It's C.B. Richard Ellis. They're the biggest in the nation. Sure. Or 
maybe it's a late night and you're sitting there thinking, I don't know how much longer I can keep this up. How do you weather that storm and why did you stay? Yeah, well, I think everybody has those thoughts no matter what job they're in, um, especially in the heat of the moment because, uh, you know, a lot of hours, a lot of hard work, no matter where you're at, if, if you're doing your job the right way. Um, but we had a great time. I mean, we were successful. I was constantly, you know, trying to find new things to work on. And, you know, I had a great career there. You know, I, I did everything from, you know, starting out as a project accountant. And, and when I'm leaving, I've, I've got, you know, tenant rep clients. I'm developing buildings, um, working on the asset side, raising equity. Um, could not have had more fun. I mean, that's what kept me there is we just, you know, we had a great time. Did a lot of different things. Again, I, I think that's, you know, I'm advertising for how much fun commercial real estate is, what a great business it is. You know, I'll add to that, being in a little bit smaller shop where you get exposed to a lot of things, you know, it really gives you an advantage, you know, of sort of not getting pigeonholed. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's probably what, you know, what was so attractive to me. Do you see people nowadays that you interview for your firm or, um, or people who are at your firm that raise their hand and they're just wanting that next opportunity really quickly and they kind of get the itchy trigger finger and and how do you handle those discussions yeah we, we do and and you know we're fortunate at our with our current team we've got a great team right now and and probably all of my guys at one time raise their hand and say I'd, I'd love to take on that market or i'd love to take on uh you know this extra responsibility or try and learn a different discipline and and we we try to honor that you know i mean we love it when guys step up and say i want more um, and we've seen it the opposite way where a guy was a little jumpy and he, you know, he leaves and you say, why are you leaving? He says, well, I, I want I've always wanted to try this or that. And you say, well, it's like, well, I didn't know, you know, if I'd known mm -hmm. you wanted to move in that direction, I might could have helped you do that. So, um, but, but the ones who communicate and put in the, the time, you know, those guys are hard to find. And I think employers want to keep them. I know we do. And so we try to try to challenge them and give them what they want and, and, uh, you know, give them, give them room to run. What does it mean when you say put in the time? What what does that mean? Is it you know oh, we want them to work a ton of hours or no. it's probably not necessarily the case nowadays. It maybe depends on the project. Like what what does that mean? Well, I think it means you know whatever's necessary to get the to get the job done, to get the deal closed, to win the deal, whatever it might be. Um, we we don't want anybody to be in a position where their their life's out of balance. You know, and I, I think there's there. Are, industries and, and probably accounting and finance is one of them that, that's developed a reputation for grinding people up and uh, so so we don't want to do that we don't you know we're not checking uh, desks at five o'clock to see who's still there uh, we want people putting in the time that they need to to get done what they want to get done mm -hmm. um, and it's really as simple as that you know there's not a belief that hey, you got to have FaceTime. you know i hadn't seen that guy in a while what's he doing you know we can we can tell what people are doing by the fruit of their labor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. If you're going to stay with a company as long as you did, and notice one of the things that David just said is um, he wants to honor the people that raise their hand and say, hi, I want on that project, and you want to keep your best people. That really means that as an interviewer, if I'm interviewing with your company and interviewee, uh, you better do your due diligence. I mean, we're talking about real estate, right? A little bit, but we're sure. talking about your career. There's a lot of due diligence that's done in real estate. There should be a lot of due diligence that's done on both sides of the table during the interview and courting process to hire a new person. 
so that they do stay there sure. long. Would you, on your due diligence, what are some of the things that you feel like as, as an employer you're looking for um, from that person sitting across the table? Well, maybe I can answer that uh, w with a negative, but one of the things that yeah. we see that's, that scares us the most is when we see a lot of job history in a short amount of time. And so I guess to spin that back around and answer it the way you asked it, we're looking for people that stick with it. Uh, and it could be it's a young person and it's their first job, so that doesn't apply uh, because we do hire some people directly out of college. But, uh, you know, when a person has a good uh, track record in the business, we'd like to see that they stayed at a company, they got increasing responsibility at that company, and that they were, they were on their way up. Um, so that, that's part of the diligence we would do. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's funny. Notice he didn't say they have to have this. They have to. Have. It's almost like you're saying, "Hey, we'll teach the skill." Yeah. Like we're okay with teaching them the skill and what they need to know, and it'll come slowly. It's not going to come all at once because you can't drink from the fire hose. That's right. Um, but as long as they have the right attitude and the beginning of their career has the makings of someone that's going to have some longevity to them. That's right. I mean, we've got people in our business from various educational backgrounds, career backgrounds, and there's no rhyme or reason to, to who succeeds based on those backgrounds. It's really about the ones that come in, uh, put, put in the effort and work hard, they'll get there. So at the beginning of this, we talked about um, how David had worked with PJ in 2000 and uh, Brad in 06, 07, both had swims through Holt Lunsford commercial. Now he's working with them um, as, as partners at, at CAP. Um, you would have never been there had you not had the reputation you had at Holt. And uh, so building your reputation in an organization by the work you do and what you give is critical to someone's career path. Talk a little bit about how critical your reputation is and, and how you can craft, because we can control our reputations. You know, it's not like someone's dictating our reputation to us. We control that. So how do you craft that reputation by your work? Yeah, I, I think it's very important. And, and really, it's the only thing that, you know, as an employee, it's the only thing you have. Um, you can have a great degree and you can have a pretty good work history. And if your reputation is poor, then, then none of that really matters. So, you know, I think so much of it is, um, you know, doing what you say you're going to do. Uh, what I spoke about earlier, just commitment, sticking with a project. Um, you know, if, if you're a job hopper, that's your reputation. You, you've had four jobs in four years, that, that's difficult to overcome. So um, I think it's simple. I, I don't know if it, if it happens as much as it should, but it's simple, do what you say, uh, commit, commit to what you're doing and stick with it. Do you find that you have through your career have had to do a lot of networking and push yourself to do networking or has it been one of those things where um, it just kind of happened naturally by the projects you were on and the situations you were in and the mm -hmm. people that you happen to work with in your time at Holt? Yeah, I think it's it's been a natural evolution for me. Um, I don't know that that's great because I probably wasn't really purposeful about it, but uh, one thing about being in a business for a long time is you meet a lot of people. And so every time I do a deal with someone, I, I may meet a new person on the other side. I may meet an attorney or a title company on the other side. So those are people that I can now connect with and reach out to. 
uh, your former employees. You know, like, like I said, Brad and PJ left, started a company, and then I joined them as a partner. So, you know, you don't think about networking with your current uh, coworkers, but really you are. And so how you, how you, you know, leave things when you leave a job, how you treat people as they're on the way out. I mean, I think those things are important because it, it's a long life, right? Man, that is excellent, is how you treat people in your current company and when they are or you are on the way out of yes. that organization. Because, you know, we talk about it all the time and, it, and I feel like every industry has this claim. Um, boy, it's a small industry, you know, as big as DFW is, it's pretty small. But when you talk about real estate in Dallas, Fort Worth, at least for us, what I've always found myself saying through the years is, Dallas is really industry agnostic. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, we're not New York where it's all about financial services and we're not Houston where it's all about oil and gas and exploration and production. But if there was an industry that I would say rules the roost in Dallas, I would probably point towards real estate or some type of fund industry, which is related to the financial uh, private equity area. Mm -hmm. And um, no truer words have been spoken that you, you it's really tight and your yes. paths are going to cross just like yours did again with pj and brad and yes. landed you where you are currently um as we wrap up if we think about people i mean i ask this question all the time we think about newcomers to their career and they're like man i want to do what david cartwright did you know i want to be in accounting but i want to continue to grow and and maybe i you know, I just don't want to be the chief accounting officer. You know, I want to do something where I'm interacting with people. And the other audience member is the person who is leading teams and they are interviewing and they are growing an organization at a small company, just like my company. Um, what, what are the two streams of advice or calls to action for those two groups? Well, I think one is, is uh, don't be afraid to raise your hand and take on more. You know, so if, you, if you're in a position, you're in an accounting finance role and you think you wanna do something more with that, don't be afraid to speak up. You know, communicate that upstream to your supervisor. Uh, let them know I have an interest in this particular area. Um, and, and I think for the most part, people want to keep good people. Companies want to keep good people. So I would communicate, you know, what that desire is and then just show that you're, you're willing to take a bet on faith and, and uh, jump into it. Yeah, I really, it's such a consistent theme of everybody that sits in that chair. It's, it's uh, we may think that we're accountants um, or financial analysts or tax professionals um, or any professional, but it starts with communication. That's right. You know, I mean, that's communication is the foundation of a relationship. And I think anybody could say with their spouse, with their kids, with their parents, coworkers, it's the, the better the communication is, the better that relationship's gonna be. And that's an employer-employee relationship as well. It's all about communication. Yeah. David, thanks for the time today. It goes fast, doesn't it? It does. I mean, it is in and out. It doesn't even feel like it. So 28 years, he has been one of my really good friends. And uh, thanks for the time. Thanks, David. Until next time, communicate with your people, whether it's up the chain, across the chain, or down the chain, just communicate. If you're looking for the next step in your career or the missing piece for your team, Unity Search has you covered. Whether it's finance and accounting, tax services, information technology, or human resources, Unity Search is here for you with experienced and dedicated hiring professionals. Reach out today and take the next step. Unity Search, placing you first.